Hello and welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Ethan. Ethan, okay, so today's episode features a wedding. <laughs> we won't mention whose wedding just yet, no spoilers. So I just wanted to talk generally, just like real quick about weddings. Do you have any fun wedding experiences, any funny wedding stories, anything like that? No, I mean, I'm not a big <laughs> fan of weddings. I'll be honest. Like, I'm not a curmudgeon. I'm not like a Scrooge. Like, have fun. It, live your life. Have a good time. But any time that I have to attend a wedding, which for at this point in my life has mostly been like family parties, it's just kind of like I can't dance, not just the guy like I don't dance kind of thing. <laughs> I I physically cannot like dance. So like mm-hmm. I am at wedding parties, like at receptions. And there's always a million people around and I cannot like get up and mingle because so many people and people who are like unfamiliar with me. So I'm just always worried that I'm going to get knocked down or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I just stay in my seat and just kind of watch and people will talk to me, but I won't like participate in any like (laughs) wacky shenanigans that happen on like the dance floor or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll just watch. And uh, that's the benefit of weddings, actually, for me, is just the people watching when you get to just look out and occasionally I'll bring like a camera and I'll take pictures and that'll be like the fun part. Mm -hmm. But mostly I just find weddings and wedding receptions to be very exhausting for me. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, so many people and all people that always want to have a little comment about everything. And it's (laughs) it's not fun. The last wedding I went to, my uncle came up to me and was like, oh, Ethan, you've gotten a little fat, haven't you? I'm like, oh, "Oh, great. Thank you. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah, I think that not that I feel I I don't know. I would say I mostly agree. Like, I don't like to think about my own wedding. I haven't been to too many weddings in my life. Um, I'll have attended two. But um, yeah, I don't like the idea of people like looking at me. And if you're the bride, everybody just like looks at you. <laughs> the the one wedding that I went to over the summer, I immediately was like, wow, I can never get married because everybody was just looking at the bride as she was walking down mm-hmm. the aisle. And I was like, oh, absolutely not. Not for me. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I think that weddings are probably fun for the people who are in it mostly. And then everybody else is just like, I don't know, you probably have fun. But also, I don't know. It's it's kind of a weird thing. Not knocking weddings at all. Like, I'm sure yeah. people have fun at weddings all the time. I just personally haven't found the wow of a wedding. You wait for cake and the cake always takes so long. That's, that's <laughs> me at weddings. I'm just like, bring me the cake like a child. And then they, they just typically either have like a garbage cake or it just takes so long that it's already not worth it by the time it gets there. (laughs) We need to attend a wedding together. That would be a lot of fun, I think. (laughs) We need someone we mutually know to get married. Someone someone listening to this show who knows us, get married to someone. (laughs) Invite us to your wedding. wedding. (laughs) So speaking of weddings, let's get into this episode. So in this episode called Springtime, a delightful spring day brings more than just a good mood for the 4077, of course, with news that Klinger is getting married. So it's Klinger, spoilers. Um, Radar's newest infatuation with a nurse and a Marine who is just a little too grateful to Hawkeye for saving his life. So Ethan, what did you think about this episode right off the bat? I really like this one a lot. This one was a good time. We've had a few of these slice of life chill episodes of MASH before, 
But in the past, when there was, you know, no surgery, no conflict, it was usually, like, dead of winter, and that's why, like, everything was frozen over. So it was fun (laughs) to see another one of these where everyone's actually warm and enjoying life. I liked how much everyone was just, like, having a good time in this episode. It kind of radiated to me. I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for spring and just to have nice weather again. This is a good, like, hangout, chill episode. What do you think of this one, Vanessa? Yeah, I agree with you. I really enjoyed the uh, slice of life aspect of this episode. It was not super high stakes. Um, Not that really any of the slice of life episodes are, but there was no real... I want to say problems in this episode, you know what I mean? In certain Mm -hmm. other episodes, like Dear Dad, there was some more more heavy topics, but I don't know, this just was so fun and cute for me. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, this one just had a real warmness to it. Like, you felt the springness of this one, that everyone's just happy that it's nice out and they don't have any, like, real problems going on right now. It was very fun to watch. You called this episode a delight, and I I cannot agree more. This is a delight of an episode. (laughs) So let's get into um, more of the plot of this episode. It's kind of fragmented. There is a cohesive story, I feel, but it's in sections. So I figured let's just take it section by section. So like we said in this one, Hawkeye kind of has this Marine who is very grateful to him. for saving his life and this marine is like i'm gonna do everything in my power to make sure that you have a wonderful life hawkeye (laughs) and just it is very comical like i feel like this was a lot of comic relief in this episode and i really liked this storyline i thought it was very funny that this marine was just obsessed with hawkeye (laughs) this was like one of the most classic sitcom stories that we've had Uh so far yeah like i feel like every show at some point does the storyline of you saved my life and now I have to have your back and the guy who <laughs> you know has the his back being taken care of or what however you phrase it the lifesaver who doesn't really want to have like a bodyguard but this one <laughs> this one felt so natural too that mm-hmm. like this guy is just grateful to the doctor that helped him mm-hmm. that you're like oh this guy's like really sweet i thought he was like genuinely seemed like a really nice guy and i wasn't sure why hawkeye was so put off by him wanting to make sure he's okay because i was fully kind of on board with this guy you know i thought it was really sweet like it was very noble too of just like hey like i'm in a war zone and you saved my life like it would make sense why this guy is very indebted to hawkeye or feels very indebted to hawkeye but i think that it was just like a matter of his size like he was a very intimidating person (laughs) and he was kind of it it seemed throughout the episode that he was just like kind of not leaving him alone like he was kind of tailing him throughout the whole episode of like anywhere Hawkeye went this guy made sure that he was going to make sure that nothing happened to Hawkeye or that if Hawkeye needed anything he was going to be there to provide it so I could kind of see where Hawkeye was coming from of just like hey this big hulking guy is just not leaving me alone and that could maybe feel very uncomfortable (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that, that is true, I guess. But I think it is funny, now that you mention it, of just like this kind of classic sitcom trope of, oh, someone feels indebted to the person who saved their life. I would love to go and watch like some of my favorite sitcoms and find that one episode because like you know that that happened in like Three's Company and Cheers and mm-hmm. Frasier and stuff like that. So I would, I actually really want to go back and find that. And usually it's a much more simple thing of like the guy's choking and the guy does a Heimlich maneuver and then like the big guy's like, oh my God, I, you, I owe my <laughs> life to you. Uh, and they're like, great. But again, it being doctors is a little more natural to the setup of the show than this kind of gag usually is. And it, that's why I liked it a lot more than I, I typically like this kind of storyline, because mm-hmm. usually it's like something you see a million times. Um, and I love this guy's voice, too. Just everything he said <laughs> had this like fun like New Yorky accent kind of to it. And uh, I liked his dialogue and I liked his vibe. He seemed like a very large but like pleasant man if you're on his side. <laughs> I thought it was um, also just really hysterical. Like we said, he was following Hawkeye around. And I loved the scene in the mess tent specifically where he just like bullies these two guys into getting up and (laughs) letting trapper and hawkeye sit down bullies the chef into uh into making the meal quicker um i guess that we should also talk about the one scene i think it was probably like one of the last scenes with him following hawkeye around there was a scene in the post-op unit where this patient like grabbed hawkeye around the neck do you want to talk about that a little bit i mean yeah just Real quick, I do want to say that the everything in the mess tent felt very like Popeye to me. It was very like yeah. classic cartoon, like yeah, <laughs> kind of comic strip gag. Um, but yeah, going into this thing where this guy technically does save Hawkeye's life, uh, how this was set up throughout the episode was kind of interesting to me. That this like scrawny guy is just dead quiet and like compulsively petting a kitten the entire time and won't let go and everybody's like trying to get him away from this cat because he you know he's shell-shocked or something um so having this throughout the episode and it ending on him grabbing Hawkeye like strangling him was kind of strange to me like I didn't really know how to feel about how that storyline concluded how do you feel about like this part of it it was super weird to me like i thought that we were gonna get sydney in this episode honestly because i didn't remember this episode exactly because they had mentioned oh we need a psychiatrist here but i thought it was interesting but i don't like how it wasn't explained at all like nothing really like followed through with it it felt very filler almost it felt almost like oh we have to fill in some more time there's this guy with a cat And also, Hawkeye needs to have his life saved by this big hulking guy. So how are we going to do that? Okay, Mm -hmm. this. And it wasn't, I feel like in the past and in future episodes as well, we get more of that patient being like actually shell-shocked and having, you know, some kind of compulsive thing like the cat, but it gets explored. It's like an actual point in the episode. This wasn't, so it kind of fell flat for me. I was like, this just never gets explained after this one scene. And it was kind of disappointing, but also, I get, like I said, I guess it was just for, like, filler. They needed something to fill the time in this episode. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. This is definitely, because um, the episode is so segmented that it wouldn't call any part of it, like, filler. But mm-hmm. him grabbing Hawkeye 
when he's such like he was like a skinny guy like this did not feel like a very threatening situation and even hawkeye made jokes about it mm-hmm. um while it was happening that yeah having this happen and having it be the the sort of climax and kind of only conflict in the episode mm-hmm. was a strange way to resolve this guy with the cat. I was like legitimately interested in him with the cat because I, I I like cats, first of all. So like anything <laughs> with a cat, I'm like, oh, yeah, give me cat. That cat was also having the time of his life in that guy's <laughs> arms. If you saw, he was like falling asleep. I was like, I love this cat. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm kind of sad that this was the resolution to him kind of dealing with his, his shell shock nature that it's just he grabs Hawkeye and kind of strangles him and the big guy pulls him away and then it's over. Um, I wish it was more of an exploration of him dealing with, I guess, trauma in like, you know, the way that they tend to. But like you said, I guess future episodes kind of deal with this a little bit better. I think that, like I said, it, even if it's not necessarily filler, I feel like this seemed like almost a, like a half-hearted attempt to make this episode seem more serious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just like didn't fall right for me. So Yeah, I get you. That was about it for um, Hawkeye and his bodyguard until we get to like that final scene, which we'll talk about at the end. Yeah. And that's really the only negative thing I have to say about the episode. The rest yeah. of it is a delight. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the probably one of the cutest parts of the episode is Radar being infatuated with this nurse, Lieutenant Simmons. And I do have to note, this episode was written by Linda Bloodsworth and Mary Kay Place. And the actress who played Lieutenant Simmons is Mary Kay Place. And I thought that that was oh, so cool. I love cool. that. Oh, that's one of my favorite things when uh, when a writer's also like in their own work. Yeah, uh, Especially in the very minor part. I-, I love that. That's so fun. But yeah, I thought that this was just such a cute thing for Radar. Like we've seen this before, right? But I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I really, I just really enjoyed it. Like I always enjoy when Radar finds a nurse that he is very attracted to. And I love that it just happens to be that there are always these like pretty well-read nurses of just like, oh yeah, I just listen to music and play poetry or play poetry. I listen to music and read poetry. And that was literally like the last nurse that he was really infatuated yeah. with. It was so cute. This nurse felt more like without being overdone, like she was supposed to be kind of the the female version of Radar. Did you get that vibe? Like with the glasses and like just how kind of dorky she was. It felt a little like this is the female Radar. This is someone Radar would be compatible with. <laughs> but I I really liked her a lot in this episode. Uh, she had a very fun presence to her and i like that she's one of the writers as well and uh i have to to comment that i thought it was so funny that in the beginning of the episode she's laying out in like a camo bikini like that's what (laughs) like that's a really funny military image (laughs) that is really funny i really liked that too i thought it was so cute when they were kind of like almost flirting about wearing glasses i was like wow Mm -hmm. this is so nerdy and adorable i love this And I thought it was just really cute also when Radar was kind of trying to make her pay attention to him and trying to get his attention when they were all around this like bulletin board looking at volleyball stuff. Um, And he was asking another nurse about like whether she ever had cholera. And I'm like, come on, Radar, like you must have you learned nothing from 
Abak. Like, come on. Abak. <laughs> this is not how you get a girl. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know. I feel, I felt radar in this moment. As a, you know, a dorkier guy, I've definitely, like, <laughs> done stuff like that before. Not yeah. like that directly, but I'm just like, if I stand near this person, surely they'll notice me if I if I <laughs> exist in their moment. Um, so I, I felt Radar's kind of young nerd mm-hmm. frustration in this episode, where he's not really ever flirting with her directly, or at least he doesn't start that way. But he's like, yeah, if I uh, if I ignore her, she'll surely notice me, like he says later on. And speaking of that, too, of Radar just kind of being young and inexperienced, I think that the reason why he forgets sometimes is because he's so young and inexperienced. And that's why he needs to go to Hawkeye and trap her a lot to have them, you know, kind of like reset him almost. Because we've seen Radar at certain points in the show, like very quick little scenes of him being a little bit more forward with nurses, like asking them on dates, asking them to like the supply tent and stuff like that, you know. But in this episode, he needs to go back to Hawkeye and Trapper and like, hey, how do I flirt with this girl? And they're like, dude, just take her to the movies. And he's like, oh, yeah, the movies. And it's just such a cute thing. It just also, like I said, reminded me of how young and inexperienced Radar Mm -hmm. is that he can like get so flustered so quickly and forget that that's how you flirt, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I, uh, because there are, depending on who's writing the episode, there can be a couple different sides to Radar. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. he is this very, like, sweet, innocent kid, and sometimes, like, when he's asking people to go into the supply tent and stuff like that, he is a little <laughs> more, like, little perverted, but, like, still on, like, the good side of it of it being, like, good-natured. Mm-hmm. And this was pure, like, Radar is, like, a little boy, and he's trying to figure out one of his first loves. And like you said, the scene with him talking to Hawkeye and Trapper about going to the movies with her was amazing. I love that scene. (laughs) I love how simple they made it and how like dumbfounded Radar was by how, (laughs) oh, right, that's like what people do. Um, It was so sweet and I really loved it. Yeah. And I also just have to note, of course, I know that you appreciate this too, but I will forever love any kind of reference or joke that makes it out like Hawkeye and Trapper are Radar's parents. I just, I love that. They've done it so many times before and it just never gets old for me. I just, I think it's just the funniest thing. And it's a kind of called back in the very last scene before the credits Mm -hmm. um, of Hawkeye and Trapper being Radar's aunt and uncle. (laughs) They say that it's, it's just so cute. I love it. And I also thought it was really cute how it all resolved too i really liked that of first of all radar coming to lieutenant simmons tent with this shirt that looked so much like hawkeye's hawaiian shirt i'm like he definitely borrowed this Mm -hmm. from hawkeye for sure and he starts to read her poetry and it's about like getting seasick (laughs) and puking (laughs) and i was like oh come on radar (laughs) it's the least romantic thing I know. I just loved that writing of like the callback from the beginning of the episode where he's talking about like cholera (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. he's talking, he's trying to woo this girl by talking about, you know, poetry of seasickness and vomiting. Like, okay, great. (laughs) Yeah, I I love everything about him trying to go on this date. I love how he, he picks up the poetry book from the Klinger section of the episode, which we'll talk Mm -hmm. about in a bit. Um, and then him trying to talk to her about going to the movie 
And I just thought it was a very funny joke that the movie that he wants to see is called, like, The Offspring of Godzilla. Like, very, <laughs> very strange. And then you're right, the uh, the poetry being quite possibly the least romantic poetry he could possibly <laughs> pick. And it working amazing. Yeah, I was just going to say, it worked for him, though. Like, I thought it was really cute how it all resolved. Of Like, Radar had said to Hawkeye and Trapper that he was trying to ignore her to get her attention. And then he was saying how she was like ignoring him. And it kind of just met in the middle of they both were just ignoring each other, but they were both attracted to each other. And I thought that that was really, really cute. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously, Radar is very overwhelmed by this, the amount of physical (laughs) affection by this, which I thought was very cute and played Radar's like innocence very well. It seems like he doesn't even like want that. He's like, this is maybe too much for me. I always love when Radar gets really overwhelmed overwhelmed with stuff like that it's like it's his innocence it's like really cute um when he like really wants to get with this nurse but also when she shows interest in him he just like clams up and is really shy it's so cute yeah this is one of i think the sweetest radar storylines in the show Mm -hmm. alongside the love story episode where that was obviously the entire episode um, yeah. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed this section. They use radar like very effectively in this one. And I love this nurse. I, I really did. I'm glad that she was the writer of the episode. I thought she was like really cute. And I like how everything like resolved. Mm-hmm. And so you had mentioned before that Radar takes this book of poetry from um, Klinger's section. So I think that we should get into uh, where Klinger places in in this episode, which is just phenomenal. So it actually Klinger's portion of this starts out with Frank and Margaret. And they're like, I guess, like on a picnic, having a good time, just enjoying the spring day. And they're like, oh, no, we're not alone. And you see off into the distance, there's this person in like a sun hat and this really pretty purple dress. And I thought (laughs) originally that it was going to be like, oh, a Korean woman. I was like, oh, maybe that's going to be the plot of this episode. Because like I said, I didn't specifically remember where this episode was going. (laughs) But then it turns around (laughs) and it's Klinger. And it was just (laughs) phenomenal. I laughed so hard. (laughs) I don't know why I was expecting something different. But of course it was Klinger. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I fully knew it was Klinger the entire time. (laughs) Anytime I see... A woman dressed to the nines in the show. It's always Klinger. <laughs> Klinger. Klinger goes all out. This sundress is so classic imagery of like springtime innocence that you have mm-hmm. this like, I don't want to call him a burly man, but like, you know, this very masculine looking man wearing it so confidently. <laughs> it's always a delight to see. And he's so happy this entire episode. This is a great Klinger episode because he's just, the whole time, he's just having a good time with it. You know, Mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed everything about this. Yeah, so why Klinger is so happy in this episode is because his uh, long-term girlfriend back home in Toledo, Ohio, she said yes to his marriage proposal. So Klinger is getting married, but then, of course he has the issue of, well, he's in Korea and he wants to get Mm -hmm. married now. So I thought that this, uh, it wasn't really a conflict. It was like kind of a conflict of Klinger being like, Henry, I need to go home. And Henry's like, absolutely not. Not going to happen. I'm never going to see you again. If you, if I let you go home, get married, you're not coming back. There's no Mm -hmm. way. And I, I was like, wow, Henry had some foresight in this episode that, hmm, maybe I shouldn't just let Klinger do this because I could so see Henry being like, 
yeah, I'll sign off on that. That's great in like any other episode. <laughs> I, I love the joke about how if he lets Klinger go, the next time Henry sees him, he'll be one of the Rockettes. Like, <laughs> that is That was so one of my favorite good. lines of this episode. It was so funny. I also have to mention... um. In the scene where Klinger finds out that his girlfriend accepted his marriage proposal in a letter, Radar brings him the letter that says it. And then <laughs> Klinger was the one who was reading this book of poetry because he had won it in some kind of game. So he wasn't really reading it for himself. And mm-hmm. then he gets the letter. He reads it. He's so excited. And he like runs off and he frolics off and he's like screaming at the top of his lungs. And it's this very funny hyena-esque sound. <laughs> And Radar picks up the book, and all you see in the background still is Klinger just going, yippee, yippee, and running in this dress. Oh, my God. It was so, it was a great piece of, like, visual, physical Mm -hmm. comedy. I loved it. It was so cute. It was such, like, a, a, this is going to sound so weird, this analogy, but, like, him doing this was so, like, sound of music-y. It was so weird that he was so excited in the sundress going off into the hills. It was like (laughs) he was going to break into a musical number. That's how happy he was. (laughs) And I feel like... Jamie Farr really sold it because um, I don't have this source myself, but I read on the MASH Wikipedia that in a book talking about MASH, Jamie Farr had said that he had such a good time filming this one scene because he was like, oh, it was so fun to just skip and hop like through this field in this pretty sundress. Like I, he had such a good time with it. And that really translated on screen because you could tell that Klinger was so excited, so happy. I loved it. Yeah. Um. And I love when he goes to Henry and he tries to like legitimately explain like, it's not a scam this time. I'm going <laughs> to get married. It's not like my sister being pregnant. Like I'm going to get married. Um. Henry's like, has she seen you? And he's like, yeah, we've been dating since high school, which is so funny because that Klinger's, you know, a bit of an older guy. And I love that he's just been like with this one girl since high school in this episode. It's like so sweet for him. I loved that. And this is um, we'll we'll talk about Laverne later because she like in later episodes, I mean, because she is a presence that comes back like this is not just like a continuity error which is hmm. great. I love that. But um, yeah, I agree with you. It was It's so cute to think that Klinger has just been dating this girl forever. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to wait until I go off to war in Korea to propose to her. It's just like, come on, Klinger, you could have done that later. <laughs> that uh, With Laverne, that was my one question I had. Because I mm-hmm. know later on, and I don't know if you can answer this because I don't know if it's like spoilers, but I know later <laughs> on in the show, Klinger like gets married, right? Like that's his kind of resolution. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh man, is this marriage going to last? Is it going to be forgotten in the next episode? So now hearing <laughs> that like this character carries over to other episodes, I'm like, oh, we're going to get like a long-term arc with Klinger in, uh, now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Jamie Farr gets promoted to being a main character later on in the series. So it's fun to see Klinger in these first few episodes that he's in more and we get more of his backstory and his character and stuff because it does come up and he has an arc and he does change throughout the show. And it's so fun to see him. Um, But yeah, I don't want to talk about 
the marriage at the end because I don't want to spoil you. <laughs> okay. I figured as much, but I-, I wanted to bring it up because I know where he ends and having him get married here, I was like, oh my God, that's going to that's gonna <laughs> imply so many things for later down the road. Yes. We will be talking about this later on though. <laughs> so I think that we should um, transition to this end scene where kind of everything kind of culminates in this one last final scene where Klinger is actually getting married and he's getting married over the phone, which is its own shenanigans. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yes. So Klinger basically is the first Zoom wedding in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) Yeah. So obviously Henry's compromise is to let him get married, but to do that, they have to like patch their shortwave radio across four different shortwave radios to get to Toledo, Ohio. (laughs) And it's just a mess because it keeps cutting in and out and it like Mm -hmm. picks up a signal of a woman making cornbread. (laughs) And I thought that whole bit was insane. Like I didn't, I love that bit, but it felt so like (laughs) just random with the rest of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, wait, let's back up a little bit because of course, Klinger is getting married over the phone, but he's getting married in a wedding dress. In a beautiful <laughs> wedding dress. I loved it. That was so good. Like, I did not expect anything less from Klinger to get married in a wedding dress. But it was also really funny when Henry is trying to get the signal back because they lose the signal right as Laverne is saying, I do. So Father Mulcahy is like, I don't know what to do because, of course, Father Mulcahy is officiating this wedding because we love Father Mulcahy. How could we not have him in this episode? So... He is like, I don't know if that, like, is right. (laughs) And it was just very funny to see Henry trying to, like, get back onto the right frequency, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Um, But then he... (laughs) Sorry, it's just just so funny to me that, like, of course this happened. And then... He is talking and trying to get Laverne back on the radio. And this woman asks him, hey, do you want my cornbread recipe? And he goes, lady, you are a cornbread. (laughs) It's just, it's so strange. Like, I want to know who that woman's talking to on shortwave radio. It's amazing. It was a great scene. And the chaos of this scene, too, as well, because Frank and Margaret walk in and... I thought that this was also so great with them to like bring them back into the picture because mm-hmm. all this while, of course, like Frank was trying to get the cat away from the one guy and he was like, I can't like, I can't believe you're letting this happen with this marriage and stuff like that. And then him and Hawkeye start getting into it. And the Marine, who is Hawkeye's bodyguard, picks Frank up and starts like spitting him around until Frank apologizes. WWE style. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh my God. Okay, wait, that's so funny. We'll talk about that in trivia. Hang on. But yes, it was very much like a wrestler move and it just caused this chaos. And the shot goes to Klinger at one point, and Klinger just looks so happy like he that so he's abused. getting married and Frank is being abused. <laughs> I Also, this is my absolute favorite line of the episode. I know we'll do lines in a bit. I have a few more, mm-hmm. but I have to mention this now, is that Margaret is like, it's disgusting you're wearing white. And then Klinger responds, jealous. I know. Oh, my God. In my notes, I wrote, oh, shit, in all caps, because I was like, I can't believe they went there. 
Obviously, I like the show, and I find it very funny, but very few lines in the show actually make me, like, cackle laughing. This one, (laughs) I fully, like, guffawed. It was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. I loved this whole scene. And then, of course, it ends in a very happy way with Laverne getting back onto the radio and Klinger saying, I do, and then he's married, and then it's all fun, and then Raider walks in with a bunch of lipstick on his face, and Hawkeye and Trapper are like, ooh, damn, Raider got some. <laughs> yeah, I the, the way this whole thing concludes, how everything kind of intersects with each other is so fun. The fact that it's so chaotic, and the fact that it does end with them actually getting married. Because again, I knew the future of Klinger, so I was like, oh, is this marriage gonna go like fall apart? But no, he actually <laughs> does get married, and I was like, oh, that's delightful, good for my boy. And then the final scene, like you said, with uh, Hawkeye and Trapper being Radar's aunt and uncle, delight. <laughs> like, wanting the hot goss on, like, what he's actually doing with this nurse was mm-hmm. so cute and a great way to end the episode. And they're like, oh, Radar, your voice sounds deeper. You're a man now. <laughs> like, it was, it was so funny. <laughs> I like how it's kind of left ambiguous, but also Hawkeye and Trapper are kind of implying that this is like his, he's a man now in that Mm -hmm. way of like he's had sex now. So I thought that was just like a a nice like wrap up of the whole thing. Yeah, who knows? I'm sure in future episodes, they're still going to make some good virgin jokes, but probably, probably. Yeah. I like how they kept it ambiguous, but like, let's be real. That nurse was very physically affectionate on the first date. She was very into him. So (laughs) who knows? So do you have any other favorite lines in this episode? I know we talked a little bit about lines that really got us, but do you have any more? Yes. When Klinger is reading the poetry book and Radar comes up to him in the field and he says, ah, poetry. You know, it's always fun how they can make them rhyme, but also make them hot. Like, it's such a weird thing for him to say. I love that he thinks poetry is, like, hot. (laughs) Raider is so cute. Any other ones? Another good one is that after the advice to go to a movie, Radar is so grateful that he's, like, acting like Trapper and Hawkeye invented the concept. And Hawkeye just says, like, oh, yeah. You know, we get a two cent royalty free every time a uh, a guy takes a girl to a movie. Yeah, I wrote that one down too. That was very funny. All right, what about you? How's your fa- what's your favorite lines of the episode? So for me, um, I have probably too many to go over, but I'll just do a couple. <laughs> one of my favorite lines actually came from Father Mulcahy because a Hawkeye comes in and sees the patient with the cat and asks Father Mulcahy, what's his name? And Father Mulcahy goes, Fluffy. And Hawkeye just very exasperated goes, the patient, Father. <laughs> it's just, it's a very mm-hmm. funny, it's a very funny exchange. Another one, also centered around this patient with the cat, Frank wants to take away the cat and he goes, I'm going to give you to the count of five to give me that cat. And Frank is sitting there counting and Hawkeye comes up and he's like, ah, showing off the patients again, Frank. <laughs> yeah, his bedside manner is not very good. I have to mention, by the way, the lines from Frank and Margaret's date during the picnic outside that God. Margaret just says, flare your nostrils, Frank. I love how they flare. And that is so much funnier to me now knowing that Larry Linville and Loretta Swit could not say these things to each other. <laughs> like, they had to, but they they kept 
like dying trying to (laughs) which makes it so much funnier that they have to keep a straight face saying the most ridiculous things i know i know it's so good speaking of frank and margaret i'll just do one more it's when clinger is getting married and frank and margaret come into henry's office and hawkeye and trapper are like dressed to the nines but like in their version of Mm -hmm. dressed to the nines so it's like kind of these goofy little outfits and (laughs) hawkeye goes scott zelda just in time and just comparing frank and margaret to (laughs) scott and zelda fitzgerald so funny so Mm -hmm. good i love the great gatsby kind of reference i suppose (laughs) but with that said do you have any trivia for us i do i have some trivia about alex Karras, who played lyle wesson who was the marine bodyguard for hawkeye in this episode So Karis is from Gary, Indiana, and both he and his two brothers played professional football in the NFL. Oh, nice. Yeah, so cool. So Karis played for the Detroit Lions for 12 seasons between 1958 and 1970. He was also a commentator for three years for Monday Night Football after he retired from the NFL. And it was, this is why I was laughing before when you had said that he picked Frank up and was spinning him around like a professional wrestler, because before his football career, Karis was a professional wrestler. (laughs) That's fantastic. I was like, I would love to know. They must have, right? Like the writers must have like put that in there to like, you know, showcase that he was a wrestler he's got the build for it so like you could just look at it and be like you probably have twirled people in the air before let's just be honest here <laughs> so alex Karras was featured in the 1963 nonfiction book about sports called paper lions and when the book was made into a movie Karras made his film debut playing himself he had small parts in several movies, including Blazing Saddles, Victor Victoria, and had guest starred in several TV shows like The Mary Tyler Moore Show, MASH, and this miniseries called Centennial. But hmm. he is best known for his role in Webster, which is a sitcom in which he plays the main character's adoptive father. And people said that his acting really kind of came out in that episode because he showed this like sweet side rather than this marine side that we got in like this episode. Okay. So that's a pretty like long career. Yeah. Also, Karis was among over 3,000 former NFL players who sued the league in 2012 for long-term damage to their health due to multiple concussions and head injuries and stuff like that. And I remember when that lawsuit came mm-hmm. about and it was like huge. Karis unfortunately passed away in 2012 due to kidney failure, but I love that we get to know about these people and like see their careers in very small ways in these episodes of M.A.S.H., Yeah, with this trivia section, I know that I often don't really have much to say, but I always love hearing that almost everyone on the show within these very small guest star roles have these pretty big lives outside of the show. They always Mm -hmm. have like a good Broadway career or occasionally they are like, like you said, football players and athletes. So it's really fun to see when you're looking into these people how broad of a career they actually do have. I enjoy this trivia section. I hope our fans do too. (laughs) Yes, definitely. So, Ethan, what is your martini rating for this episode? I'm going to go really high, I think. I really enjoyed the slice of life kind of vibes to it. I like how, unlike the winter ones, they weren't like freezing to death. They were like having a good time this one. I may have to go like 4.5. I know that might feel a little high, (laughs) but I I was just vibing with this one. I thought this was like a delightful little episode. What about you? 
Okay, so I am definitely going lower. While I did really enjoy this episode, and I would definitely put it on just to like have it on at any point in time because that's how much I liked it. I am gonna give it a three point five out of five. So I did like it was it's like the perfect just a mixture of mash, I feel. It was a little lacking in certain places, but I still, I don't know, I, I still really enjoyed it. And like I said, I would put it on, just like have it on in the background a lot. I just like hangout episodes. Like, I'll be real. Any episode <laughs> where people hang out, I'm like, yeah, let's go with As that. As I was watching this episode, I was like, this, Ethan's gonna like this episode a lot. I, yeah. can, I could already, already tell because I know that you like those kind of like slice of life hangout episodes. I like the vibes, man. What can I say? <laughs> So, just to wrap... Oh! <coughs> okay. <laughs> he almost made it through. All right. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so, just to wrap up, we'd like to give thanks to Jacob Virabalco for being our technical consultant, Melissa, my sister, for cover art, and of course, our listeners. Thank you so much. Our music, social media, and contacts for the show are linked in the description, as always. And join us next week for Season 3, Episode 7, Checkup. But until then, get a Marine to protect your cat. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone. That ending was too sad. Do it again. Bye, everyone. (laughs) I love that. Was that better? That was good. That was good. Thank you.